Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Phase Zero, episode 35, starts right now. This is the biggest episode of all time. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Aaron Perrine. It's a hot one, folks. It's a hot one. <laughs> That's right. And we have Jenna Anderson in the virtual building. Hey, everybody. And we are just going to jump right into it, guys. We have a, a super exciting show because we are super excited about our guests today. They have the number one movie in the world right now. First of all, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings director Destin Daniel Cretton is on phase zero. <laughs> we love a fist pump dance entry. We love it. Destin, thanks for hanging with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Of course, and we also have Shang-Chi himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Simu Liu on phase zero. Simu, man, welcome to the show. There. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, everybody. What's going on, dude? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Marvel Universe. Unreal. Thank you. Of course. Listen, we like to start the show. Before we get to all of our congratulations and everything, we like to start the show with an icebreaker for everybody. So, uh, so both of you are going to have to answer a very difficult question here of, uh, of, of back in the Civil War days. Were you Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Um, I'm, I'm always Team, team Cap. Woo! That, that's yeah, that's no diss dis on Iron Man, though, I don't think. Simo, what was that? Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, I was just saying. Uh, I think I think Cap had his had his head on straight for that for that whole altercation. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. Uh, and I'm not I'm not going to weigh in because I because I don't agree. <laughs> but uh, listen, we're gonna we're gonna dive into uh, we're gonna dive into Shang Chi. And first, I, we just have to start obviously just with huge congratulations because you guys made a movie that you all should be very proud of. People are going out there. They're enjoying it. They're feeling pride while watching it. It's the number one movie in the world. I don't know how things could have gone better. And I'm, I'm I, like, just congratulations to you both. Uh, and thank you for hanging with us uh, while your movie is the number one movie in the world. Great. To, really great to thank be here. <laughs> I would love to hear, man, F following this, 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 amazing weekend you know how do, how does the marvel family is there a group chat like who has reached out to say congratulations what's it been like have you what has this felt like uh in the wake of the of opening weekend it's definitely felt like a like a like a knighting of some sort like um um you know tom holland reached out sent me this very enthusiastic voice memo which was i, I mean just meant the world, um, you know, Brie reached out, um, lots of, uh, I think, you know, Loki wrote me this like massive, uh, you know, congratulations, congratulatory email, which is so great. Tom and I had spoken briefly at Comic-Con, so it was a real full circle moment to hear from him. I mean, it really did feel like, you know, people, people were watching and, and in this moment they were, they were there to, to celebrate with us, which is, which has just meant the world. That's really special. I love that. I love so, that. so for Destin, um, this film has the highest Rotten Tomatoes audience score of a Marvel Studios movie. What does that mean to you to just see that people are resonating with it so profoundly? Yeah, I mean, if, I, I try not to put too much of my self worth on Rotten Tomatoes, but I, but being able going to some of the um, going to some of these audience screenings and just hearing what people are, are talking about after the movie, what they're posting about and that it, it is 
you know, it, it's it's a really wonderful mix of of emotions that are not only excited about this movie as a Marvel movie, but I'm seeing parents um, who are dragged to the theater by their 20 year old uh, kids, and and they're talking about their relationship online. Um, that's really exciting. The, the the cultural elements are really exciting. All all of the 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 human themes that are wrapped up in this movie seeing people connect to them is really very satisfying to me so um simu let's start at the beginning man you got cast you flew to san diego they don't tell you about the story of the film you're just back there like nervous how is how has this journey been what what was it like stepping out onto that stage for the first time um, huh. uh, <laughs> it was completely <laughs> the most overwhelming thing in, in the world. It was the, it was the craziest experience of my entire life. It was like, I'd never gone out on stage in front of 8,000 people. Have, have you guys, I don't like, it's, that, that's a lot of people. I literally saw like rows for like going into the darkness. Like I, like as far as I could see, like there were, there were, 8,000 people is a lot of people. Um, and then to top it all off, I think we were following, we were following the Eternals, if I, if I remember correctly. And so it was like Angelina Jolie was on stage. Selma Hayek was on stage. Um, I mean, all of the Eternals were on stage. And then it was like Destin and me for the next <laughs> And we had to march on up there and we're like, look, I know you just, I know you were just talking to Angelina Jolie, but guess what? You're talking to this guy now. And I had to, uh, you know, what, what, I, what, what I really wanted to do, what was really my goal is to just bring the, bring every single person along with me to experience that sense of wonderment, that sense of just totally like almost childlike joy that I was feeling of just being in a, like just there for the, for the first time. Um, I tried to just show the world how excited I was rather than how, how nervous I was. And so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that, that came I, Nailed it. Nailed it. I love it. Uh, actually, uh, I, I want to bring in our first question because we are going to talk spoilers for this, for this, uh, for Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. If you have not seen the movie yet, we are talking spoilers. And our first question uh, from, we put out a call for, for, journalism students and for recent graduates to to be a part of the show and Cheyenne reached out. I think she has a great question, but it is a spoiler for the film uh, in, in some ways. So I want to bring Cheyenne into the show uh, so she can take the floor and ask and be a part of the show. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you and congratulations on the movie. I saw it. Big, big excitement going around. Um, I just want to say First and foremost, I too am Team Cat, so there's that. <laughs> uh, but my question is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my question for you, um, I know the Chinese dragon symbolizes a lot in Chinese culture, and obviously the Great Protector is like a big part of that final act. Um, so I want to know what the dragon symbolizes for you personally, um, each of you. And then how did the movie strengthen your connection to the culture and your core beliefs? Mm. Um, I mean, from, from a, a, a writing standpoint, um, we always, I mean, we, we wanted to, to wrap the, um, the essence of, of what the, the, Chinese water dragon represents into really what the essence of, of Shang-Chi's mom, Li, and that her, her spirit and the way that she moves, um, we, we always imagine that we were in, um, that, that there is a symbiotic relationship between, between her spirit and the spirit of the dragon. Um, one of the big emotional moments for me of the movie is when uh, is when Shang Chi is is underwater and he finally wakes up um, uh, by by kind of being revived by the breath of this dragon and 
when he's looking into the eyes of that dragon, it's, it's a, it, it's an emotional moment for me. Cause I feel like in a way he, he is looking into the, the, the eyes of his mom. I love that. And Simu, is there um, any answer from you? Um, I mean, the, the dragon for me in, in that moment symbolizes, I mean, it's, it's an, it's an important moment for Sean because it's the moment at which he embraces his destiny. And, um, and I just feel like it's, it's very fitting that that moment is that moment that he literally grabs onto such an emblem of, of, you know, Chinese mythology. It's in a way it's, it's showing the connectedness, you know, the, how connected he has become with who he is, with where he's come from. And, and his journey over the course of the movie is very much about, about self-discovery, self-acceptance, and then, and then self-love. And um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like at that, at that moment, um, you know, that that's when the audience sees, you know, for the very first time, a fully formed superhero. And um, yeah, I think, and I, I also, you know, there's a part of me as a, as a Marvel fan that also sees the coming of that dragon as like, oh boy, like that is the Marvel, you know, that is the Marvel climax. That is like, you know, because, because, you know, this movie was never going to be supposed to be about a, a son beating the crap out of his dad, you know, like there's just nothing narratively really interesting about that. But, but, you know, just seeing, seeing that final moment. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think it's just like seeing us be a part of that massive kind of climax is, is so empowering. And um yeah. Sorry, there's a lot of noise going on. Oh, you're good. You're good. I think. Listen, I th- I think that was all shy. I think that's a great question, and uh, I'm really glad you got you, you asked it. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and and bringing bringing that awesome energy. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Cheyenne. All right. See, well, I have a question for you. Speaking of like that that climax, when I was watching the movie, I, I've seen it three times now. There's the moment where the camera is looking up at you. You're dancing through the air, the music like that, the theme song comes in, you're working the 10 rings, destroying the insides of another dragon, which was amazing. But it's just that moment where the camera looks up and I, I would love to hear for you because that feels like the moment where he fully is, you, you are a superhero. When you saw that for the first time, like, you know, what, what happens to a person when you see yourself like that? Because I, I can't imagine that's that like, that's unreal. Um, it's obviously, it it is very much an unreal moment. And, uh, you know, Destin did a, did a a very, very good job. Um, I I will say we, we spent, uh, we spent many, many a moon, uh, in a, in an all like a, just a blue soundstage. And so all I remember, all I remember of actually shooting that whole sequence is like, First of all, we're shooting it at something like 120 frames a second. So I was doing like the fastest acting of my life where I had to, I had to like react to so many things because I was, I would be moving in slow motion. So I had to do everything pretty much like twice or three times as fast. And just remember uh, that, that being kind of what was going through my mind as I was filming it. So, so seeing it all, kind of come together and with the, with the post-production and the VFX and the, you know, the music and the score, which is, which is amazing. Um, yeah, it really, it, it made me quite emotional and, and I think really just punctuates the, the end of, at least for this, for this movie, the end of, of Sean's, uh, arc and his, and his journey. Um, yeah. so yeah, excited to see what, what other, what other, um, adventures kind of lie in store for the character. Oh, I, I mean, what I, what, what I, I mean, since we're talking about that moment, what I really love about what, how Simu played it is um, that that specific moment, Simu was like, we, we actually, that one wasn't shot at 120. It was all the underwater stuff that we shot, like super oh, high yeah. speed. That one was because we, we wanted to make sure that we're capturing your performance we we didn't shoot it at, at, at a high speed but i remember talking to you about 
about that scene. And there's, there's a, there's the obvious way to play it, which would have been just the, I'm a hero um, way to play it. Um, but what I loved about the way Simu plays it, if you watch his performance closely, he's going through the emotions basically of the movie over the course of that one shot. And you see him kind of step into his, his, his power by the time he does his final move. But he's, he's going through like the pain, the, the, um, the insecurities, the childhood, and, and then the empowerment from both mom and dad. Like it's a pretty, it's a, it's a very unique way to, to play that moment. And it, it, it makes it very emotional for me. It was probably one of my favorite, my favorite moments. Just seeing it came, it was really, like it all landed right there. It all culminated uh, for all of you, yeah. kind of in that moment. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Aaron, I think you have uh, the next question here. Yeah, uh, Simu. So uh, Mayor said in our interview that she punched you during your first <laughs> fight sequence. Uh, do you remember that? Like, was it a hard shot? Like, are, are you good? Like, what, what happened? Uh, I I I don't remember. I don't. I, I don't even know if I felt it. I, you know, it's, I think it probably just ricocheted off of my off of my cheekbone. And, uh, and I was just like, Oh, did you, did you touch me? I didn't even, you know, I didn't even, think I didn't even feel it. um, no, I, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure she hit me lots of times. Um, and when she wasn't hitting me, we were, when we were rehearsing that, um, that brother sister fight, um, I would still be getting banged up because she has by far the boniest elbows of, <laughs> anybody that I have ever sparred with at all. Um, so it was not a, shall we say, it's not a pleasant experience. My, my arm and my forearms give a little bit of cushion, you know, and, and hers just are not, we're not generous. Um, so, so probably wasn't, the, probably wasn't the, the first or the last time that she, that she punched me. Um, and she, she probably <laughs> loved it way more than she should have. But uh, that's how you know you have a really solid, uh, you know, brother-sister dynamic. Destin, by the way, Destin, I remember, I remember this one, like, crew, because when we first landed in Australia, before we started shooting, we had, like, a little bit more free time. Like, not much, but still a little bit. We would have, like, dinners with all the heads of department and the creatives every, uh, every week. And I remember very clearly the first week that Munger came, it was like a couple of weeks after we had started and she came down to test and then she got the role. And, uh, you know, we were talking to her for the first time and, um, you know, we, we both, you know, knew that she was, she was absolutely the right person for the role, but you were like, your first assignment is to fart in front of each other. <laughs> he was just like, he was like, that is the one thing that will, uh, will really cement the brother sister dynamic is that you have to fart in or around each other, possibly on each other. We're like, thanks. <laughs> um, so such as the such as the visionary level directing is just you know it's so all. Did anyone do it? Did anyone do it? No, I don't like. I'm not a farter in front of people. That is <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah, enjoying it. I I do not. 
I do not. Um, because oh, where there is a noise, there is also a smell. And I just, yeah. that's too much for me. Um, where there is a comfortability. I thought there was something, there was something missing in your, in your relationship on screen. I guess that was it. <laughs> what was we'll, it? We'll save it. We'll save it for the next one. <laughs> I shouldn't trust you. I shouldn't have oh, given myself to the process. Yeah. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Farts, 2024. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, let's talk about some of the marvel of it all, the MCU of it all. And, and uh, I want to talk about Wong and Abomination, Destin. Uh, and I'm sure you've talked about them quite a bit. Uh, it's really exciting to see a character like Abomination be brought back. It's exciting to see Wong uh, get get more screen time and, and get to develop in, in Shang-Chi. I want to talk about, though, Tim Roth and Abomination, like because he hasn't played this role in a decade. So I'd love to hear like, you know, how did you work with him on this? Did he do any motion capture, any uh, dialogue the grunting uh, or anything like that? How did you, how did you bring abomination back to life? <laughs> um, yeah. Tim came in, Tim, Tim came into the studio and did some, some grunts and things. <laughs> um, I mean, he's, He's not in this movie for very long, so there's not a ton to talk about. But Tim is a lovely man and a, a wonderful performer. I wish we had more material for it and the actor of his stature than just doing grunts. But that's all we had in this movie. <laughs> well, so kind of going off of that, I know at the end of their brief sequence in the film, both Wong and Abomination step through a portal and a bunch of people have been speculating about what that could be. Like, is it a, does that, does that have a holding cell for Abomination or what is the deal with that? Can you say anything about what that location is and where they were going? Um, yeah, I can say that uh, you will find out very soon. Oh. Okay. All cool. right. Looking forward to that. Is there a... <laughs> um, but, but, I, but I, I mean, I can also say that those the decisions of of um, of everything that people are speculating about were big discussions, and they are they they are uh, there for for a reason that I think will will be revealed pretty fairly soon. I think that's exciting. Is there is there um... Like, are you guys going to ever release like a blooper reel or like an outtake session that we can all kind of crack up with you guys watching? There was one made that I thought was really, that made me laugh quite a bit. And I don't know. I, I have no idea if I, if I have also, I have also seen such a, such a video. So I can confirm yeah. that such, such a, a product exists, but in what capacity, how it will be introduced to the world um, remains to be seen. It's a mystery. And, and on that, it was pretty fun, though, wasn't it, Seema? I like, uh, had a good time watching. Yeah, it was. It was fun. You know, it, Nora's so quick and so funny, and and I think it, she is responsible for easily like fifty percent of, of of that gag rail. But it was it was at least the one that I watched, and it was it was so good and really just I I love watching the BTS stuff because it really just takes me back to just takes me back to when we were shooting just felt like a, like a simpler time, you know, just going to work every day and, and making this movie. It was really, really one of the, one of the most incredible times of my life. I love that you call it a simpler time. (laughs) (laughs) All I had to, all I had to worry about was, uh, was what scenes I was, I was shooting and, and what was our next stunt sequence. Now it's like you have 50 interviews and you have to do, you know, you had to do this podcast with Brendan Davis. You had to pretend to like him. <laughs> You're doing a great job so far, honestly. <laughs> no, well, listen, I, I can only imagine, like, I, that's why I, when we, when you first connect to this, I like profusely thank you for the time because I know you guys, like, I remember that press tour, you're going from interview to interview. You're going from country to country, man. So I know it's a lot, but we genuinely appreciate you guys coming on here and giving us more of your time. I mean, this is, this is nice because it's not just uh, this, you know, the same question over and over every four minutes. Um, <laughs> this, this is actually a conversation. So I, I, I got to agree with you on that. I love being able to kind of dive in a little more. It feels a little more personal, but Aaron, go ahead. 
Okay. Um, and now to not let them down by asking you the same question over <laughs> again. Uh, Simu, when he said that we would find out soon, you showed some emotion there. You've been a fan of Marvel for a long time. How hard is it for you not to geek out when there are Easter eggs like the extremist soldier or one of the widows in the background? Like, you're still very much a fan of this whole thing. How hard is it for you not to geek out and, like, catch on and ask questions of everybody? Like, what's going on? Like, what else is coming next? Um, it, it's very difficult. I'm literally, I'm writing, I'm writing on my, on my Marvel blog as we speak. Um, Abomination <laughs> and Wong team up Disney Plus show confirmed sources close to the MCU say, you know, uh, <laughs> It's it's so funny though. I was I was all about those like speculative websites before I joined the MCU, and then I and then you know actually became like I went over onto the other side and I became a part of the movie making team. And it was really funny seeing the report, like the the theories that that even would come up as we were shooting in Australia, and 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 like I, I don't want to because I I guess we're technically not supposed to speculate on on rumors and stuff but they were just like the stuff that they were throwing out and like i mean it would be impressive it would be like detailed movie plots that frankly will never exist um and then just like reading it and being like wow these guys got some these guys got some talent um it really just shows you how rabid and and dedicated the the marvel fan base is and and i definitely consider myself among among one of them. Um, so yeah, it is, it is hard not to geek out. That's probably why, that's probably why they keep information from me. So, so much. Uh, <laughs> Don't be the next Tom Holland or Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. That, well, that, that, so that end credit scene, um, I, I didn't know about it or, or what was going on until like two days before we shot it. It was like, I didn't even have time to write it on my blog. We had to, we had to go shoot it immediately. So what you're saying is Mephisto confirmed, right? Mephisto yeah. confirmed, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, so going off of kind of the rabid fandom and people speculating and picking up details, are there any Easter eggs in this movie that fans haven't spotted yet or that they you are surprised that they've already spotted? I mean, there, there's a lot of different types of Easter eggs in this movie, not only Marvel Easter eggs. Um, there's cultural Easter eggs that a lot of people are, are picking up on. Um, I mean, even when, when you just walk down the hall of the Fight Club, um, the, if, if you look at each of the, the fights that are going on in, e in each of those, there are, it was very uh, important to Brad Allen and his team to try to represent the different, very, very different cultural styles from all over East Asia. Um, and, and so there's, there's Easter eggs, uh, there's martial arts Easter eggs hidden throughout the movie as well. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going online and no, I don't know what people have really caught on to or not, but there's a, there's a lot to find. Yeah. I, I I love the ABC line. Like I, you speak ABC because that. So a lot of people did it. I'm one of the people. Like just call me a, a dumb like uncultured white dude. I guess I really like. I didn't know that ABC meant American born Chinese, and I thought yeah. it was just like a joke. Like ABC means English, and I was like, oh, that, and I laughed, and then I learned what it meant, and I was like, this is a sort of representation and joke that means more to more people that finally get to like have their humor and something yeah. like that represented on screen. I thought it was great. You're not a dumb, uninformed white guy. I mean, that, that's the but that's the whole purpose of of you know moments like that. We don't we don't explain it, and um, you know the, the decision not to explain it. I think I think um, really is one that uh, encourages those those conversations and that sharing. And I and I think um, you know I think at the end of the day, if this movie was just made for Asian people or just made for Asian Americans, I think it would it would ultimately fail. I think it. Uh, it really is a movie for everybody and it's meant for everybody to be included in the conversation and it's meant to be a bridge to, you know, for, to, to invite, you know, everybody to take part of this, of this celebration. So yeah, uh, lots of, lots of Easter eggs. Um, I, I actually really love, I read a couple of articles breaking down the Mandarin that is used in the movie and how some of the subtitles don't do the full line justice that there is like a color, 
there's a color to the original intent of the of the Mandarin line. Um, and I and I love that. I think um, you know there are some really really great ones, and and it's just great that that people are calling attention to it. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it. I went down that's some a, Twitter that, for it. That would that. be a that would be a shout out to Nova for uh, who was our our um, interpreter who was kind of by my side throughout the entire process, and we would go back and forth as to. We had the the English version of every line, but when we were speaking Mandarin, she would. I mean the 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 Man, Mandarin language. I mean, check, Simu is no has the brain for it. I'm just like she gives me five completely different ways to say the simple line that that we want in English, and and explains to me the context of each. Um, and it's it's such a rich poetic language that uh, I I definitely could not even come close to to doing what we did without having Nova next to me the entire process. I love that. I also love the name Nova. I think that's a great name. Um, but, it is a great uh, name. I, it is a great name. Um, and I want to bring in actually another one of our, our fans here who I think has a great question based on what we just talked about. Kate, Richard, if you could bring Kate uh, into the show. Um, Kate, I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, this is Simu and Destin. Uh, and, and go ahead. Hi, Kate. Hi. Nice to meet both of you. Congratulations on the incredible success you've had. Um, As an Asian immigrant who grew up in Toronto and moved to the U.S., I'm so inspired by your career, Sinu, and my question for both of you is how you feel about the impact this movie will have on future Asian representation in your respective industries. Wow. Did you see that claim from Simu when you said Toronto? That was, uh, there it is again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, the camera's on me, so I guess I, I think I, I gotta. I, gotta um, um, I think uh, I think similar to Black Panther before it in, in 2018, I think this this movie is another another uh, step, another um, step forward in this in this conversation of of who who can lead tentpole blockbusters. Um, you know what what are the stories that resonate across a global audience um and uh and i I think it's really encouraging just based on the results just of the last few days that people are are absolutely willing to see new faces and and you know uh watch new stories watch stories that have cultural relevance maybe one that is different than the one that they grew up in um you know i think People want to listen to different languages and want to be exposed to new and exciting ideas and, and all of that. So, um, you know, from a, from an actor perspective, I think it's very, it's very encouraging and it's very, you know, meaningful to me that we, we have such a, such an awesome community too, that, that is, you know, seemingly just really come together and, and galvanized and, and at a grassroots level, even just planning out theater, theater buyouts and, and just organizing mass screenings and, and everything. I, I, I just really, really touched by how much, you know, this, this is meant for our entire community. So um, I, I think it's, you know, gone a long way in, in dispelling this notion that, that, you know, lead roles should only be played by one type of people. Hey that's man, you did the, that. You guys did that. Uh, be proud of it, you know? <laughs> but, uh, so Kate, honestly, great job. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks Kate. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. We'll talk to you soon. Um, now right, I want to get into the, the wanted, to, wanted to add something to that. Oh, you go ahead. Did you? I mean, I, I was, I don't know how, how you feel Simu, but I, this, this last, especially over this weekend, and I mean, we're everyone's talking about box office, which is wonderful. But like, we're for me, I, I it's been a long time since I've experienced um, just getting so excited about my own culture and alongside um, a, a community that has a reason to get excited. And I, I went to a couple of these community screenings that were, um, where, where a community came together and raised funds to send, you know, young 
Asian American boys and girls from a, from a boys and girls club over in San Gabriel Valley. We were, I went to a screening out there and the level of it, of buzz and excitement was just so, it was so cool to be a part of that. And it, it, I think a lot of us, have, it's just been, you know, a long two year and a half, two years stretch of not having these moments of being collectively excited. And that, that to me has been one of the most special things about this weekend. Mm-hmm. I want to drop uh, I want to drop this Facebook group called subtle Asian traits. I don't know if anybody is familiar oh, with yeah. it, um, but subtle Asian traits is a, is a Facebook group uh, started by, by Asian students in, in Australia. And uh, it's grown to this like over 2 million member kind of big cultural hub where we talk about everything from like parental expectations to like boba memes and stuff. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been an avid member and poster for, uh, you know, three, three or some odd years, but, uh, it's been really exciting seeing people resonate so deeply with this movie and talking about how they feel seen in a, in a totally new way. And, you know, talking about how for one of the first times in their lives, they, they feel proud of, of who they are, you know, because growing up in based on whatever was going on in our lives or what we saw in the media, we were, we were kind of made to feel ashamed um, that this, this, you know, marked a real turning point for, for so many people. So um, yeah. Destiny I think that's that. awesome. Yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. Like it's, it's, it's amazing to see that uh, like you could, you could say this is like a Marvel movie or something like that, but it really is bigger than, any just like superhero flick, like it really can impact so many people in so many different ways uh, and stick with them. And I think it's awesome. And uh, I think they picked the right people for the jobs. I'm really happy uh, for all of you who, who get to feel, you know, that pride. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I do want to, I want to talk about the post credit scenes uh, a bit because we are coming towards the end of the show here. Um, and so we're going to talk about the end of the movie. This is spoilers for anybody who's joining us live. Um, but in the, in the post credit scenes of Shang-Chi, the, the one that got the big audible gasps in the theater was including Bruce Banner, Mark Ruffalo, uh, and Carol Danvers and Brie Larson. Um, I will you, were, were you all on set together uh, or was this because they were holograms? So I don't know if you were able to get away with kind of adding people in. How did that go down? Um, they were holograms, uh, you know, practically because um, those characters would not be able to be in that same room in the MCU, like they're because of what what they are up to in other areas of the MCU. Um, they were also holograms because there's no way with COVID that we could have got those actors together. Um, so, so it, it, we were not in the same room. Um, so, so when you see Simu performing, he's. Look, what were you looking at? Were you looking at a ball? I don't know what you're looking at. I was looking at a ball, maybe, maybe some highlighter tape attached to the ball. And just like really imagining Brie and, and Mark really just doing my best. Well, if you remember, we had those, um, we had like lookalike stand-ins. More distracting than that. So we actually had them like stand behind the bookcases and, and just say their lines. But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a challenge, but I mean, Hey, I've, I like literally, I spent three, you know, that whole dragon climax, you know, acting to a laser pointer. So um, I, I, you know, I was, I was well-versed by then. It was, it was a lot of fun. And that, that scene uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, first of all, uh, you know, Benedict Wong who plays Wong uh, was there on the day with us. And he is just, absolutely incredible to act with he, he you know just is so like you know it re- very much felt like we were in his wheelhouse like stepping onto the set it was like you know parts of camertage that had been assembled together so first of all a huge massive geek moment for me but like to then to then have him step onto the set and he's got his hands behind his back he's wearing the whole tunic and he's got the look he's got the wong look you know um it just really felt like he owned the place and we were, we were all just visitors. Um, and then, you know, when he turns, when he turns to our characters and he says, from now on, the trajectory of your lives will be like nothing you've ever known. I mean, I can't tell you on how, like just how deep a level I feel those words as Simu because 
I really do feel like I've, I've joined the circus and maybe Destin, you feel the same way of just like, well, we're in it now. <laughs> well, welcome to the circus, man. That's yeah. <laughs> so, so Destin, I know you've worked with Brie countless times on other projects. Short term 12 is one of my favorite movies. So it's a joy to get to talk to you and to see you guys work again in this context. What was it like to kind of reunite in this massive franchise and be able to work together again? It was really cool. I, I didn't, um, you know, I went, when she showed up, I went and hung, said hi to her in her trailer and we caught up a bit cause I hadn't seen her in a while. And then I went to set, we got everything ready for her. And then she stepped onto set, um, as Captain Marvel. And that's the first time I've ever seen her in that costume, um, uh, up close and it was it was super surreal we both just started laughing because I mean I think Simu and I had many moments like this too where we just look at each other just going like what the hell are we doing here that's how we <laughs> felt on that stage like when we we're on that stage in front of those 8,000 fans we're just like as soon as we stepped off we started laughing and that's what it was between Bree and I on on that set we're just like <laughs> what like what are, what am I doing in that director's chair and what are you doing in that suit? Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, it was, a, it was a joy to see her. So, um, for both of you, the popular fan theories think that the 10 rings could be related to, uh, some dragons. Uh, they're going to, they think that the MCU has some McLuhan's coming into play. Is there anything you can tell us about that beacon and the theories that you've seen? Simu, it seems like you're well-versed. It seems like you're well-versed. It seems like you might know what's going on. <laughs> I don't, I just, I just know what I published in my blog. You know, <laughs> it's really just a lot of speculation based on what you guys say. I just basically steal whatever articles that Brendan writes and I, and I put it on my blog. Um, no, I mean, I know, I know all the source material, but I also know in all the ways that we just kind of will take source material and throw it like, you know, Luke's lightsaber in the beginning of, of The Last Jedi. Like, you know, and, and, and I think we do it, we, we do it in, in a way that, that always um, benefits story, you know, that we treat source material not as like chains that, that bind us, but as kind of guiding lights along the way to find, to finding story. And, and so, you know, that's part of why Shang-Chi is, is so resonant is because we didn't make the 1970s version of that character or his dad, which would have been super racist. Um, so, you know, if you were to ask me, do I have any idea where we're going with the rings or the signal or anything like that, I would say absolutely not. No more than the most speculative of Marvel websites. <laughs> Listen, if the, if the, if the Marvel actor thing doesn't work out, we might have a spot for you at comicbook.com. I do think you guys, um, the, the interaction between fans and Marvel is so unique and special um, all the way through the process, uh, having that amount of engagement and, uh, and how many people have seen the movie three, four times just to pick out more things. That's like a, that's a filmmaker's dream. It's an actor's dream. It's anybody who's working in, in cinema to have that amount of participation is crazy. Um, the thing to be careful of though, uh, if you really want something to happen in the future, be careful about, about shouting your theories too loud because we're not going to do it. Like we want to, we want to keep, we, we, we don't want to do the thing that everyone's expecting. So it's, there's some good ideas that are being like thrown out there that we're like, damn, okay, we can't that do that. I love it. And my last question for you before we bring in these last two fans um, is the, 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 we see Bruce Banner and not the Hulk. I'd love to hear about, did you ever consider bringing in the Hulk or was it always going to be Bruce with the arm in the sling post end game? Yes. What is um, yeah, we've considered, we always consider every, everything. So yeah, we've considered that. I'm sure. 
That's that's a talking point note, isn't it? Breaking news! Breaking news! <laughs> we consider. No, I love it. I love it. That's cool. Uh, if I didn't ask about the Hulk, the you, the Marvel fan, the same Marvel fandom that is awesome, would have been like, "Hey, the hell's wrong with you? Why didn't you ask about the Hulk?" So uh, I just I just got myself covered there. Uh, and, okay, so we have two like more. A, is there like a Hulk themed? show and or movie that's that's about to be released soon or it's that might answer those questions i don't might be it might be i don't know i'm not i'm not familiar with the slate but but there might be something coming uh i, I want to bring on our, our our next uh fan here he used to write for his school sports news, newspaper very interested in getting into journalism his name is cyan and i hope i said that right it's cyan right richard if you can bring cyan into the show uh, Cyan, I, I've said it like five times now, so I hope I really hope I said it right. You're good. You're good. It's Scion. I tell people. Scion. Oh my god. Yeah, there. See, I told Simo I am that dumb. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're not the only one. Trust me. But right. um, yeah, nice That's to meet Scion. you guys, Simo and Destin. Um, congratulations on an amazing movie, by the way. Um, but just wanted to ask, of all the projects that Marvel like has already announced, where would you guys want to see Shang Chi appear next? Ooh. What do you think, Shingo? Uh, what if? I think what if? Sure. I think I mean that's the that's the one place to go to be free of any sort of expectation, any sort of audience preconceived notions. I think uh, you go to what if, and and literally anything is possible, like a multiverse where Sean runs a Marvel blog, and you just follow him. <laughs> As he sleuths around, you know, in and around the the offices, and and uh, and tries to get the inside scoop on all the all the heroes, it'll be like Gossip Girl, but it, but it'll be it'll be Sean. It's where you know Sean becomes I mean? J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. This, what if today was amazing? By the way, we're going to talk about it on next week's episode. But the zombies episode was fantastic. So I don't want to spoil what if since that we are talking Shunkri. Right. It's really good. Uh, listen, dude, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Uh, yeah, thank great you guys question. for having me. And, and Shang-Chi confirmed for what if. Thanks, Sion. Uh, Sion was awesome. This is Mai, and Mai is our last uh, fan question here. Mai is awesome. I talked to Mai yesterday. Mai, go ahead. <laughs> Hi, guys. Congratulations. Hi, hey, congratulations on the film. It was incredible. My question is for Destin. I was wondering why you chose to include Hotel California in the movie. I asked this because it's my dad's favorite song. and He's always wanted to hear it in a Marvel movie because he loves the soundtrack. So hearing it on top of all the amazing Asian representation made everything so much more special. Um, that's so unique that it's your dad's favorite song and he's always wanted to hear it in a Marvel movie. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's uh, very scary, yeah. Hotel. I, I don't know what it is about Hotel California, but I've like I've loved that song for a very long time. There was a there was a time when like when the Eagles Eagles had uh, a live performance that was constantly on loop on all of the TVs at Costco, and I um, I just heard that song so many times. Every time I heard it, I just be I find myself standing in front of those TVs watching the entire performance. Um, and it's a long song. And so it's been, I've been wanting to get it into a movie for a long time and it just felt right this time. It wasn't easy to get either. We actually, I don't know if you know this, but we had to, the, we had to pitch the Eagles, the, the reason why the song exists and how it is integrated into the relationship of, of Katie and Sean in order to get the song. Um, Cause they, no, I, did I, not, I did not know that. Maybe, maybe you guys can help uh, confirm this, but I believe it's one of the first times Cal hotel California has ever been in a movie. Huh. Well, I'm going to have to dig into that. I, you also got little Nas X in there too. <laughs> little old town road. We got oh, yeah. a little town road. We got all the, we got some karaoke classics. We got a whole new world, which we, uh, which was sung at one of our first kind of crew socials. So uh, we wanted to, we wanted to get that in there. Um, and there were, I think there were like 
four or five different songs that we had on that on that very quick karaoke shoot day um, that we kind of just cycled through and they and and you know you just kind of picked and chose what worked what was good um, like a little bit of Aerosmith I think made it in there yeah. just like just a little just a little taste yep love it I love it. those were super fun scenes that we got to see there my thank you so much for coming on the show today thank Thanks, you so much man. for having me See you, thanks. All right, we do got to wrap up. So we have the two last questions of the day. These are the most important questions, which I'm sure will have the longest answer possible Ooh. because these are the ones that I'm sure you can give really clear, definitive answers to. No, no pressure at all. No pressure. Um, so after the successful opening weekend, the record-breaking opening weekend, have you guys been told about Shang-Chi 2 is officially happening? Is there anything you can hint at? How long would we have to wait for a sequel? Because clearly people want to see more. Would you like to answer this Kevin, question? Kevin is texting Simu right now, saying, "Don't, <laughs> don't do it." <laughs> My security clearance is in high. I have no idea what I can disclose about that, to be honest. So I do not want to get in trouble. That means, that means there's something to disclose. I mean, it, that means it's not nothing. He knows. He knows something, guys. He knows. That's fair. We're going to analyze that. We're going to call in some body language detectives to figure out what you know. We're going to get it figured out. And, and Simua, we're going to, we're going to have to ask um, you a similar question. I, I mean, I could, I, how about I answer it like this? Um, everybody at Marvel, everybody at Disney from the top down all called me personally to, to congratulate me, not only about the success of this weekend, but how much the movie meant to them. Um, so everybody is very excited about this character and, and the future of this character. Love it. I can't yeah, wait. I can't wait till the end of the movie, huh? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. I, I was like, it's, it's a shame that he dies at the end of the movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we need, we need to wrap this up. Sibu, last thing for you. Everybody wants to know, I got, I got to ask, are, are you in the, are you in Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness? Uh, I cannot comment or speculate on any rumor. <laughs> done. Done. That's it. We're done with it. We're wrapping this up. We <laughs> we are done. No, honestly. To be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I look forward to continuing and when the opportunity presents itself. Played like a master of the martial arts. We love it. Uh, congratulations on a huge opening weekend. We're going to wrap up phase zero today right there. Honestly, Sumo, Destin, huge congrats. Huge thanks for coming on the show. I know you got more to get to, so can't thank you enough for being a part of phase zero uh, and everybody who has been a part of the show to our four uh, journalism students and super fans of the Marvel Universe and everybody who has watched us live and is listening in podcast form. It means the world that you support us, that you're supporting Shang-Chi and that we get to do stuff like this. So thank you to everybody for making today so special. Thank you. Brendan, it was a blast. All right, Richard, send us out of here. Thanks, everybody. Bye.